good morning, everybody. I am Dr. Deb Johnston, and I'm welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Rick Holm. I'm filling in today as our Prairie Doc Radio host. I am a family physician with Avera Medical Group in Brookings, now known as Access Health Brookings, and I enjoy being part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians, particularly when I get to come here and be part of the radio show. Today, I am joined by Dr. By not Doctor. <laughs> Look at Mary. I've. I've. I, I don't know. It might be a demotion for you. No. But <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> Mary Schregel and Nancy DeBoer of Brookings Health System. Thank you both for joining us today. Yes. Thank you for having us. Yes. Mary, tell us a little bit about yourself and why I say that uh, being a physician would be a demotion for you. Oh, I've been in the community for uh, many years and I've worked at the Brookings Health System for almost 40 years. I hate, I hate to age myself. <laughs> I started out as a labor and delivery nurse and then last 10 years I've been the director for OB and I've worked with many projects with the facility and the community, so glad to be here. Yes, so Mary is the head of our labor and delivery department. She's not at the bedside too much anymore, but uh, she has a lot of responsibility for making sure that everything uh, goes smoothly there. And Nancy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I've been a nurse for 13 years, been at the Brookings Health System for almost 10, um, labor and delivery for eight of that. I've been a lactation counselor for four, and I also float back over to my old stomping grounds on inpatient care every once in a while when they're desperate, and I also do um, sane nursing in the emergency department. Ah, excellent. So Brookings Health System recently received a national recognition of its lactation program for breastfeeding families. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that, ladies. I, it's all the work that we've um, done in our community that has driven this award that we got. It's from IBCLC Care Award. And what we do differently, we, um, we go into our prenatal education. We go to the clinic and we make sure those patients are getting the education they need to help um, start breastfeeding. Then in the hospital, we have the resources there for you. And afterwards, we uh, have support groups for you, like Baby Cafe. We also go into the community and work with the community to make sure businesses have mother's rooms set up for those patients. And recently, what promoted the award more, we went to a donor milk um, program where if you choose to exclusively breastfeed, you have the benefit of using uh, donor breast milk if you have some issue that you're not able to breastfeed. So that's a benefit also. Yeah, that's a, a really neat program. So even if a mother is not able to breastfeed herself for whatever reason that may be, her baby can still get the benefits of breast milk. So what a what a great thing. So we thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any questions you would like us to address. And we will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Skin cancer is the most common cancer in the United States. Unprotected skin can be damaged by the sun's UV rays in less than 15 minutes. Even if it's cool and cloudy, you still need protection. UV rays, not the temperature, do the damage. Anyone can get skin cancer, but some things put you at higher risk. 
The most common signs of skin cancer are changes on your skin, such as a new growth, a sore that doesn't heal, or a change in a mole. Tips to avoid skin cancer include stay in the shade, especially during the late morning through mid-afternoon, apply sunscreen and reapply every two hours. SPF of 30 or greater is recommended. Have your skin checked regularly and have it checked by a professional at your wellness checks. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Dr. Deb Johnston, and I'm joined today by Mary Schreiroll and Nancy DeBoer. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. You know, one of the things that uh, I've told my patients for a very long time is that, you know, people have this idea that breastfeeding is natural. We've been doing it since the beginning of time, and it should just be easy but it's not. So talk about the how you actually help women breastfeed. Can you answer that for me, Nancy? You're yeah. intimately involved with that. Yeah, that's correct. That's 100% accurate is that we tell that to our women all the time that, you know, you, you have the equipment, your body has the ability to make the milk, and your baby wants to breastfeed, but everybody needs some help getting started out because um, your body is in that healing mode, and baby knows they they like mom and they like to be at the breast but they need to figure it out too and without that support um, a lot of times women run into challenges that are insurmountable or what feel insurmountable without some of that support Um, most commonly we hear about um, sore nipples nipple pain latching issues low milk supply low weight gain uh, things like that that we can typically fairly easily correct with just a few changes Um, not in every case of course but um, mostly just with some mild troubleshooting things that unless you're trained to look for for certain issues that you wouldn't normally see Uh, and so we're we're available at baby cafe every Tuesday evening from 5 to 7 at the hospital it's come and go as you please Uh, there's two of us us that staff that and uh, then there's two other gals who are also nurses up on the labor and delivery floor who um, are available. And even if that Tuesday evening from 5 to 7 doesn't work for you, we try to make ourselves available um, th- whenever throughout the week. And it seems to me that there's almost always, Mary, a nurse who has special expertise in breastfeeding. All of the nurses know a lot about breastfeeding, but it seems like one of those lactation consultants is going to be available during some point of a woman's stay after she has her baby to help them with any breastfeeding issues that they have. Yes, we usually each shift there is a lactation consultant on, and without that, our nurses have had to have 20 hours of extra education for um, promoting breastfeeding, and they learn the cues that uh, maybe this patient needs a little more help. This is when I, I need to set up an appointment. If they're not right there that day, we make sure that they get seen and they get that help that they need and consistently follow them. Yeah, I always say it's it's important for a woman to realize, you know, certainly if it's her first baby, She's never done this before. The baby has never done this before. And the team has never done this before. You could take the the gold medal and the silver medal winning um, ice skating pair 
partnerships and switch their partners and they'd struggle. Mm-hmm. So it's really important mm-hmm. to realize that it's it's normal to need that help and um, you guys have had far more experience promoting breastfeeding than any woman, no matter how many babies she's managed to have, could have possibly had. So it's it's great to have that resource. Now, you mentioned a little bit ago that your nurses have all had to have 20 extra hours. And, uh, of course, I remember that particular project. But tell us a little bit more about that, Mary. Well, not only the nurses, the physicians, also the physicians have had extra education on breastfeeding. It's a program where we all learn evidence-based information on helping initiate breastfeeding, the benefits of it, how we can help mothers out, so that we're giving a consistent message. So as I said, every nurse gets 20 hours of online education in breastfeeding, and then we have to continue throughout their employment every two years to uh, re-educate, make sure we're staying staying with that consistent education. And that's all part of the baby-friendly hospital yes. designation. Yes. Nancy, tell us a little bit more about what it means to be a baby-friendly hospital. Sure. So it just means that we follow um, certain guidelines and protocols that have been set in place in order to ensure that we promote um, healthy breastfeeding choices among moms um, who choose to breastfeed and that we make it easy for women to choose to breastfeed because sometimes um, there's a lot of factors that play into that decision um, as to how a breastfeeding parent chooses to feed their baby Um, and we want to give them every opportunity to succeed in their goals. Excellent. Um, So of course um, Nancy we're, had we gone through that process when you joined us? Had we gone through the baby friendly? I'm trying to remember when we. I, w- I was just starting on the OB okay. unit when okay. we were um, just starting that baby friendly designation so, for the first time. So, Mary, tell us about some of the changes that a person delivering their baby at Brookings Hospital, if they had one baby before and one baby after, what what might be different for them? One of the biggest changes is once that baby's born, we put that baby right next to mom. We've learned that that is the best place for that baby. Um, It can help normalize the vitals, and it also uh, makes that conversion to nursing either easier. The breast is right there instead of separating that baby. And then we also keep the baby in the room so that mother can learn the... uh, the cues for nursing and so that she figures out how to do this before she goes home. So those are the biggest changes. So are are moms just have to have their baby with them or if mom is absolutely exhausted does she still have to keep that baby in there or it's always mother's choice and there's also situations where it's it's not a wise choice to have baby in room if you don't have any if you've had medication because of a cesarean, cesarean section, you're exhausted, you don't have a support baby there, person excuse me, in there to watch that baby, then sometimes it's not even the safest choice. So always mother's choice. We educate mother on the benefits, and then it's her choice. And also safety comes into that factor. Absolutely. And sometimes we have babies who need extra help. You know, yes. We, we yes. try to put that baby on mom's chest right away, but sometimes a uh, baby needs the kind of help that we can only do at the yes. at the yes. um, bassinet to help resuscitate baby and give baby a good start, and sometimes baby needs extra oxygen or something else that baby's going to have to be in the nursery where we can we can take care of them. So, excellent, ladies. <laughs> so. Let's talk just a little bit about the benefits of breastfeeding. Nancy, I think you'd be a great person to to (laughs) tell people about that. Yes, I feel like I 
I ooze it from my pores sometimes. I could really nerd out about all the benefits of breastfeeding and how awesome it is. Uh, but for baby, it, that translates to uh, fewer ear infections, fewer bouts of diarrhea, um, especially in that first year of life, fewer upper respiratory illnesses. Of course, um, they get all the benefits of all the um, antibodies to any virus or bacteria that the mom is exposed to. Um, and we even know that if babies are exposed to an illness that mom isn't, um, and baby uh, can transmit that pathogen to mom and mom can make antibodies and then transmit it to baby. Uh, for uh, parents who choose to breastfeed, the benefits, um, lower risk of ovarian and breast cancer, lower risks of osteoporosis, diabetes, endometriitis, those types of things. Yeah, um, it is good for both. Mm-hmm. And yes. what can we do as a community to help support breastfeeding? Yeah, that's a great question. I think for personally, that starts off um, support at the individual level. If you know breastfeeding women in your life, make them feel comfortable to feed whenever they need to feed their baby. If a woman chooses to breastfeed, it is a physiological need that she will have to feed that baby or express that breast milk in some way um, every few hours. And so just support her in whatever way, whatever way that looks like. If that's um, making her feel comfortable to feed at the Thanksgiving dinner table or setting up a comfy space for her in a private room. Um, and then of course that translates to in the community. I think we, we have some really awesome businesses who've set up some really nice mother's rooms. You know, if you see a, a woman out in breast breastfeeding in public, which honestly, most of the time you can't even tell that, that a mother is, is breastfeeding her child. You, um, even if she's not wearing a cover or if she is just, you know, shoot her a thumbs up or if you're not comfortable with that just just don't stare like be polite and and continue about your business yeah exactly (laughs) i mean that baby has to eat um the baby really can't just wait the way we expect adults to and even older children we any parent knows how cranky toddlers get when they need to (laughs) eat um and babies even more so so it's a need for both baby and mom and um they need that support for us to do that We need to take another break. Thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns. We're certainly talking about breastfeeding, but, um, you know, I'm here too, and I can field other questions. Uh, So anything that you would like us to address. Our podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcasts. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon, and we will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Academic success is an excellent indicator for the overall well-being of youth and a primary predictor and determinant of adult health outcomes. Leading national education organizations recognize the close relationship between health and education, as well as the need to foster health and well-being within the educational environment for all students. If you find your student struggling with classwork, seek help early. The school counselors may be able to direct you to a tutor to help the student stay on course. Also talk with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings to have your student's health evaluated. There is a variety of issues that could be causing the poor grades, such as poor sleep or attention deficit disorder. Call today for an appointment, 605-697-9500. 
Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Dr. Deb Johnston, and I'm joined today by Mary Schragrill. And I'm just mispronouncing your name every time. My no, lips you're just get, won't. No, you're getting better at well, it. <laughs> <laughs> And Nancy DeBoer, give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. And we do have a couple of questions that have come in, but I want to circle back um, to something that you said recently, Nancy, which was about mom sharing her antibodies Mm -hmm. with baby and helping her, uh, or helping the baby fight off that infection. And that, of course, COVID is just top of my mind, as everybody who's listened to me on this program knows. And very recently, there have been some recommendations come out. Mary, do you want to want to feel that about the COVID vaccine in pregnant women? They do say that now. The ACOG, the professional organization for OBGYNs, um, promote the shot for uh, pregnant and breastfeeding moms. They have seen the benefits too, getting the vaccine. Absolutely. Uh, so not only ACOG, but the American Society of um, Maternal Fetal Medicine, yes. those are the yes. high-risk pregnancy yes. specialists. Uh, they're all recommending the shot now for pregnant and breastfeeding mothers. So if you have been holding off on the shot because you are concerned about wanting to get pregnant or being pregnant, uh, it's it's time to go get it. In fact, it's important because we know that pregnant Pregnant women are at higher risk for complications of COVID um, and because they're at higher risk for preterm delivery with COVID. So uh, go get your shots. If you're a woman of childbearing age and you haven't done it yet, go go get your shot. So so the question that has come up, um, Mary, I'm going to turf part A to you here. How how long should a person breastfeed their baby? Well, it is recommended. up to 12 months, uh, exclusive breastfeeding. But um, like, really, it's mother's choice and what works well for her. But to get the benefits, 12 months is kind of the golden rule. And, and longer if she can. Absolutely. So as long as mom and baby want to. Yes. There's benefits of breastfeeding for indefinitely. Yes. So uh, exclusive breastfeeding, meaning no other sources of nutrition, usually for four to six months. And usually at four to six months, baby starts being interested in solids. So then um, you're still breastfeeding, but baby's starting to get nutrition in other ways. Yes. And then the, the other part of the question that came in is what about infants that have um, physiologic problems? How can we help or is there anything we can do to help women whose babies have a cleft lip, for example? So the interesting thing about um, cleft lip or cleft palate is that um, most babies are able to successfully breastfeed because the breast forms such a shape in baby's mouth that it can actually kind of block that cleft, depending on how far back it goes. Of course, you always kind of want to make those decisions on a very individualized basis with the baby's uh, doctor. But um, beyond that, you know, say um, if the baby is very premature and doesn't have a very strong suck or they need to be hospitalized for some reason that in, in a way that they aren't able to take oral feeds, um, what we can do then is if mom still chooses to breastfeed, we can help her learn how to express her milk um, and help her come up with a routine that works for her and her life. 
Absolutely. So there are situations where breastfeeding is not going to be successful for for whatever reason. Some babies can learn later on to breastfeed once they're out of the NICU. And other times it's being able to have access to that breast milk because mom has been able to pump or express it or or otherwise build up that supply. So there, there are things that can be done. So, all right. Um, one question that often comes up is, uh, what about certain foods? Are there certain foods that breastfeeding moms shouldn't have? <laughs> that, I, 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 I see these two kind of trying to turf that question back and forth to each other here. Back to the professional here. <laughs> well, this is a question we have come up all the time in Baby Cafe. And, you know, it's it's pretty awesome living in Brookings. We get to meet women of all different cultures and kind of um, hear about what they do traditionally. Um, and it, it kind of, the research doesn't show that there's any particular food that across the board is always going to cause issues for baby. Certainly we want to, um, you know, still stick with the caffeine in moderation because that can have an effect on baby. It does pass through breast milk, but um, your regular cup of coffee or chocolate bar isn't going to to cause any issues. And we really don't find, you know, a lot of women are worried about um, spicy foods or onions or tomatoes, um, things like that. We really don't find that unless baby has a sensitivity to it, um, it it won't cause any issues with baby. Can a mom whose baby has food allergies breastfeed? Certainly, um, but it will it will take some working with um, baby's physician and depending on what those allergies are and how severe if they're intolerances versus allergies to try to figure out the best course of action. The most common one we see is where babies have like a dairy um, intolerance and so it does take a couple of weeks for that milk protein to um, completely leave mom's body to the point where it doesn't affect baby anymore. Uh, and so depending on how severe that intolerance or allergy is, we we may have to choose an alternate feeding method for that two weeks, but most of the time moms can continue to breastfeed while that, that dairy protein is leaving their body. Excellent. Um, so Mary, that made me think about the donor milk program. Um, tell us, tell us how that works. Yeah, we um, get our milk from Iowa uh, Mother's Milk Bank and the patient that comes to donate milk is highly screened. She's screened for infections. She's um, screened almost the same process that you would for someone who's donating blood. So it's very safe. They also pra- uh, pasteurize the milk to get rid of any organisms that would be harmful. And then it's kind of interesting. We when So we order the milk. We order the milk, and it comes to us in uh, frozen bottles, comes on dried on ice, and we get it, um, we order it one day and we have it the next day or the day after. It comes really quickly. And so patients at home also can order the milk from the mother's donor site um, in Iowa. It's, it's easy, easy to get. Is it something that, um, let's say that I'm a mother who's undergoing treatment for cancer or something of that nature, and I can't offer my baby my own breast milk is it something that a mother could a family could feed their baby for a prolonged period of time or is it for a short term they could um there is an expense to it when you order it yourself but they could do it as long as they choose we've had some patients that adopt their infant and want them to get Mm -hmm. the breast milk and do it but but as in our facility we use it short term to fix things they could but it may get to be a little more expensive 
that formula is expensive. Yes, too. exactly. So exactly. There's going to be a cost associated with feeding your baby, no matter exactly. no matter what. Exactly. So, um, Nancy, are there reasons that a mom it might not be safe for her to breastfeed her baby? Yeah, we recommend, you know, if mom is using some type of recreational drug, um, that it's probably in that baby's best interest to not get that mother's own breast milk. Um, rare cases, um, certain metabolic disorders, that, that's the reason we um, do the, the blood test after baby's 24 hours old to screen for any of those metabolic issues, um, but those are exceedingly rare. Um, and those are reasons where baby may not be able to safely digest correct. the breast milk. Mm-hmm. So the breast milk, um, whether it's donor breast milk or mom's own breast milk, is not safe for baby to drink. Correct. Um, how about uh, medications? Are there medications mm-hmm. that a woman needs to be careful with? Yeah, that's a great question. That's another one that comes up a lot um, with uh, the women that we see at Baby Cafe. So we usually... Um, go by Dr. Thomas Hale's book, Medications and Mother's Milk. Um, You know, there's a lot of medications that have very limited studies, so it's going to have to be a risk-benefit analysis between um, how bad does this mom need this medication, are there any other medications we can try, Um, and what are or were that mom's goals for breastfeeding um, as well. And so we kind of have to take that all into consideration when we're helping a a mother make that decision. And how about infections that mom may have? Mm Rare, um, I believe, brucellosis and tuberculosis, but we don't HIV. H, correct, which, HIV, course, which that one's not quite as rare. Yeah, mm-hmm. we don't we don't see that one very much mm-hmm. around here. Okay. So um, we're usually usually pretty blessed for that. Mm-hmm. So, all right, and it is time for our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. If you have arthritis, participating in joint-friendly physical activity can improve your arthritis pain, function, mood, and quality of life. Joint-friendly physical activities are low impact, which means that they put less stress on the body, reducing the risk of injury. Examples of joint-friendly activities include walking, biking, and swimming. Being physically active can also delay the onset of arthritis-related disabilities and help people with arthritis manage other chronic conditions such as diabetes, heart disease, and obesity. Talk with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings to learn more about managing arthritis. Call for an appointment at 605-697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Dr. Deb Johnston, and I'm joined today by Mary Schwegerl. Almost. Good. Got it. <laughs> and Nancy DeBoer. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. We've got a few minutes left, so we'd love to love to have questions. And we did have one more come in, and that was about the impact of breastfeeding on fertility. Nancy, what do you tell your moms? We say that while it does provide some level of uh 
protection or decreases the rates of ovulation while you are exclusively breastfeeding. So that means no um, bottle supplements, nothing. Your 100% baby gets feeds at the breast and they're feeding eight to 12 times in 24 hours. It does provide some, some means of decreasing ovulation. However, it is not as good as other methods of birth control out there. So if you are really certain that you do not want to add another child to your family uh, while you are breastfeeding your baby, um, you should probably speak with your healthcare provider about about the best method for you. Absolutely. I think what I had learned was baby less than six months of age, exclusively breastfeeding, Mm -hmm. no supplement, no donor breast milk, no solids, and mom has not yet had a period. So breastfeeding is great if you're reducing your birth rate as a country it is not a good method of family yeah. planning for an individual couple and you can and even ovulate before you have that before you have period, that first yeah. period mm-hmm. so you are you are taking that risk mm-hmm. so um, what kinds of contraception might a breastfeeding parent choose yeah, good question so I would again you know if a mom came into to baby cafe with that question for me I would say well that's definitely a conversation you should have with your doctor <laughs> um, but I would you know obviously condoms are always available um, spermicidal gel, that type of thing. Um, chat with your doctor. Most breastfeeding women are able to take the mini pill, which is a progesterone-only pill. Um, however, occasionally it can reduce milk supply in some women, and so we just kind of educate on that and um, help help mom make the decision with her care provider on what's best for her. Absolutely. There's a lot of different forms of contraception mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. there, and some version of most of them are going to be compatible with breastfeeding. So a lot of women will get an IUD placed at mm-hmm. their um, at their after-baby checkup. We have to wait for that uterus to shrink back down before we want to put that IUD in, but that might be an option. The Depo-Provera shot, again, possible for that to decrease your milk supply, but usually not such a big deal if breastfeeding is well established. Well, thank you very much, ladies. It's been wonderful having you here. We hope that you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and on YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcasts. My thanks to Mary Schregel and Nancy DeBoer for joining us today. As Rick would say, stay healthy out there, people. Mm-hmm.